I apologize again for the sound quality in this episode. Since we recorded this episode and the last episode back to the back, they both have shitty sound. <laughs> but I promise in the next one, we fixed the problem. So, now the podcast. <laughs> Hello, we are back, back to back, with another episode. You listen to it, it's like a later, but... Yeah, but in our world, it is back to back. Two guys. Yes. Two dudes. Two dudes. Two randoms. Tonight, our guest is Callahan Welsh. Welcome. That is only, at least it's only one boo, and it's yourself booing. <laughs> he just flexed. Flexed like a real man. Alright, let's, t- let's get into it. So let's t- tell me about this Hawaiian lifestyle. <laughs> Oh yeah, can we get a bit more into the mic? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Scuba diving, snorkeling, just anything with the Pacific Ocean as our background. 
so you're kind of like amateur Aquaman. It is. That's funny. Just don't look at it. Really? Yeah, like hentai is underrated. I think like it's it's a uh, it's 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 I think it's a very moral genre in a way <laughs> because like it's not real women. It's it's like just strong at least to me. Yeah. So like I don't know. It it, it feels like. Like, even if you're pirating the thing, I think, like, I think the artist would appreciate, like, the person masturbating their work. I don't know. I mean, I'd imagine, you know, they were already paid for it anyway, so it's like, I don't know. But it is kind of, I guess, bad in a way that, you know, they, they can't necessarily make as much money as they could from it, but I don't know. I guess that's kind of my view on it. And it also, it has really good plots, when you say, like hentai. <laughs> you don't watch it for the plots. So, when you watch porn, like, how many windows do you keep? How many taps do you keep like at one time? Like, that's the best example. No, more than 30. It has to be like at least 100. Yeah, and you might as well download it too, because you never know if they're going to take it away from the internet forever. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you need to get closer to the mic now. <laughs> like wanted to meet a guy that like I guess goes does like the, the porn and go kind of thing but yeah okay well uh, I'm, now I'm disappointed that it's time to tell you well so calling you know today when I go home at 2 o'clock in the morning that's my time for me that's a good way to describe it. Special time. <laughs> That's a good, another good way to put it. Yeah, it's weird how like like these chambers of, of masturbation. Like, that's what it is. I'm sure they've had these things called arousals. That's an emotion we get to experience as human organisms. And uh, they've had to find a way to think, I have to touch you in order to create life, and you have to touch me in order to create life. I mean, who are the first people to decide? I don't think it's that Adam and Eve stuff. But, you know, like, seriously, the, the penis and the vagina, that's what we've labeled it in this lifetime. Like, how did that start in the first woman to get pregnant and thinking, why is my belly growing larger? And then all of a sudden, this other human being pops out. That must have been some scary-ass shit, you know? So, uh, not to digress, back to my narcissism. Uh, I don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to 
I get back into the, oh, this hentai? Everything about hentai is fascinating. What, what is your first hentai experience? Like, how did you get into it? Uh, they have this thing called categories that that's so fascinating. You must be you must be younger than me because. Um, okay, we are the same age. I'm, I must have gotten the internet younger than you, though, because um, because like in my day and with 56k and like AOL, right? Like it it was a lot slower as far as like obtaining like the hentai. Um, so so like it, it wasn't even through the internet through which I discovered it. They had it in blockbuster video even. Like you'd see like like these uh, like just Sailor Moon looking chicks with like parental guidance sticker like right there. It's like whoa these they're these cartoons probably have nudity in it. <laughs> it's part of the world. Yeah. Uh, we all do it. So blockbuster video is really the genesis of, of lust, at least as far as my generation, well, I guess for the millennial generation is concerned, I think. Yeah. There's only one blockbuster Yeah, in Alaska, right? Jeez. I wonder if they still have produced those stickers. I'm sure they do. I'm always self-deprecating. It's the style comedy I enjoy because I don't think of myself better than anybody, although I'm narcissistic and ego-driven, but I I don't completely relate to you. But I'm still, when it it comes down to it, I'm these are emotions we have to experience. All these emotions we get to experience as human beings. This is stuff that I've gathered at 36 and seen the worst in humanity being uh, in the Marine Corps for eight years, going to Iraq, knowing I had to be put in the position to to do my job. Thankfully, it didn't happen. Thankfully, nothing too horrific happened over when I was in Iraq. And honestly, uh, Iraqi people are cool people. I got to see a lot of beautiful sunsets over the desert, a lot of uh, memories that I get to have from my experience as a human being on this this earth in this lifetime. And and it just sucks, you know, there's one part of the brain that people, if they're not educated, they feel entitled and or compelled to, to throw hate towards other people that they don't know. And, uh, What's the sad story? Sad story? Well, uh, my Jerry Springer drama sad story right now is I brought two kids into this world. Uh, I have two two boys, one ten year old, one seven year old, and uh, both their moms will not let me see them out of spite. That's the only thing I can come come up with. I thought time and time again, what is it that I've done so bad that these two women I thought I loved? and appreciated uh, do not want me to see my kids the creation that we created uh, and uh, that's it, it, it hurts because here I am in Los Angeles chasing the dream but not chasing the dream actually making an attainable goal if you write and perform consistently and it's part of your passion you're going to succeed but for me I just think the amount of time that we have in this world 
and put in the time into becoming a professionally developed stand-up comedian and earn the title, earn your name as a stand-up comedian. Uh, we, we only have so much time, and I, I'm trying to choose, do I live to be a credible father for my two kids, or do I try and make this attainable goal reach the level of stand-up comedian, where basically I just get paid by comedy clubs to travel all over and entertain people for the fun of it because I genuinely enjoy making people laugh. I genuinely enjoy it. I've always been funny. I never thought I'd be stand-up comic funny. That's a whole other game, but I was funny. Well, like, the whole premise of this podcast, in a way, is that we, we kind of have this theory that, like, everybody that open mics is kind of fucked up, in a way, or, or they have, like, weird personality disorders, like, I think there's something that makes us feel we want to make other people happy, people pleaser, yeah. and we also, once we get that adrenaline rush when you're on stage and you're holding a mic and you get that first laugh, that energy, that euphoric reaction we call laughter, that, again, that's one of the most powerful emotions we get to experience as human organisms, organisms in this lifetime. And when you make people laugh and you feel good about that and people come up and say, great performance, that's, that's something about your hard work and your time of feeding the, the, the fear. The number one fear in the eyes of the public is public speak. Really? Yes. Are you serious? It's, it's I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. So, so it's, 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 it's one of that joke that 90% of the people would rather uh, be in the coffin than give a eulogy. But it's so, so weird as far as, like, white people fear. Yeah. Yeah, skydiving is, you know what I kind of fear most, like, the, the, no, dancing, I, I would rather slit my throat than dance. Oh, uh, God, yeah. Can I ask, like, can I go back a little bit? Yeah, I want to think about it. Why? Did you have, like, two managers? No, both ex-girlfriends. The first one, we were in the Marine Corps together. We stayed... Damn, that is like that is some baller shit in the way. Cause it must be like a big sausage fest, like the Marines. Cause like you have to be like like the real man to. Cause like it's there's so many men and so few women. You have to be like an exceptional man to get the few chicks. <laughs> I mean, hey, like, it's, it sounds like you're, it's, it's pretty unfair they kind of keep their, your kids from you, so um, that does sound fucked up. For me, my experience in this world right now, the pain I'm going through is not being able to see my kids that I created, like, with already 10 years for the oldest one in seven years. Uh, you tell me? Do you know why? No, they, they never tell me why. They can't. You don't know why either? I've questioned myself, my own integrity. I've got to other people to ask me what's wrong with me. And nothing, they're just, they're both. It's more common than you think. It is. It is. With these particular two women on this earth, it's like, uh, something is wrong. Yeah. And they, because he was 
because of her stubbornness and scaredness, uh, our son was starting to lose oxygen. So they had to wow. take her into the emergency room for an emergency C-section. And that's when, uh, yeah, they had me dress up in that uh, doctor outfit, go over stuff, and had me sit outside in case something did happen. But as soon as they knew it was all right, uh, they brought me in. And I saw them bring, uh, take him out of her stomach. And uh, then they, they got him awake and crying. And so I got to hold him after they cut them. Uh, I cut the umbilical cord and let her give our son the first kiss. And then, unfortunately, we barbed ever since. So, Damn. I hate the fact, I hate, I hate, I hate the fact that I brought two kids into a, into a broken home. But if I had stayed with their moms, it's very unhealthy to have kids grow up in an abusive home. They would... The first one would, uh, I mean, she's a trained Marine. She used to follow her fist when we would argue. She used to come hitting me, coming after me all the time, and I couldn't do that to myself. And then the second one, we only dated for like, I think, a month or two and a half, and we had sex. It's strong. So that's why I've I've stopped uh, for a while. It sounds so like it, like interesting from your perspective. Like, yeah. So again, there's three sides to every story. It's not of the truth, and that's why we delegate people called judges and a court of law to, based off their education and, and experience in life, to say which one's right and which one's wrong. Unfortunately. Funds become a turn of events when you can pay judges. A lot of judges get bribed and or some kind of court system where now I'm an ATM, which means I just pay child support. Child support. Child support, yeah. yeah. This wasn't on. Yeah, yeah, you don't. Yeah, we're we're still kind of working on these technical things. Yeah. Yes, in this lifetime, uh, both my parents uh, they did the divorce thing uh, when I was younger. So back home in Hawaii, so I'm a fourth generation Marine. My dad was a Marine. His dad was a Marine. His dad was a Marine. At least, at least you're gen- genetically fit. Genetically, I've gained a lot of weight too. So, uh, my, my father, he developed a drinking problem because that's how human organisms cope with the madness of having to take life. And war brings out the worst of humanity, so that sucks. But uh, thankfully, I would. So. So my mom and dad split. My mom had to take myself and my two younger brothers to a uh, shelter there in Maui, uh, which is hidden uh, through the cane fields. It's a place that the state knows to protect the women and children away from the beasts. So, uh, yeah, I, I didn't get to experience the uh, fun-loving home of two loving parents, uh, you know, put fit through thick and thin of it all because they truly care to make life together. That's one of the end goals as humans is to be somebody you can be compatible with, create life, and make a living together. Uh, 
I didn't get that experience. No big deal. But it was more important that my mom and dad taught me that at least your parents still love you, but they're not fighting. It sucks to have to drive back and forth and you ask your mom, hey, how can I see dad? Or hey, dad, when can I see mom? Or, uh, you know, you're not fair and I wish dad was here. And it sucks. These emotions that we build up, you know, it sucks to have that kind of pain. It's weird how, like, society pretends as though, like, like the stable home is kind of normal in a way. Um, when in reality, like, everybody's situation is a bit a mixed as far... I mean, it's, it, there's so much variation. Like, so many people can just live their entire lives, like, alone, like me. And then there's others that have, like, you know, the divorce kind of rocky thing. And then there's other people that is just completely stable, boring, like, everything is just pitch perfect entire life. Like, but... But it's, it's hard to, like, kind of see life as though it shouldn't, as though, yeah, it, it almost, like, has to be this ideal, but when reality is probably just too Beautiful culture, beautiful. You kind of have a Hawaiian accent. Yeah. <laughs> it's very light. No, there is a Hawaiian accent. 
Madison. It's like a, it's kind of like Canadian. <laughs> it's sort of Canadian sounding. Um, it's like, oh, I'm Howie. Uh, like a, isn't that like a slur for white people and Hawaiian, like a Howie? Howie. Okay. I'm just trying to think a bit about this. Word. <laughs> Oh, I see. Steven, a little bit of 
Okay. <laughs> so the thing is, I want to be clear and a credible writer and performer in this lifetime. I'd love to earn the title for people to say Callan's a credible comedic writer. Um, that is why I uh, say at the beginning, first and foremost, much respect to all stand-up comedians for anybody that does this. Yeah. Stand-up comedy is a very challenging task to write jokes without plagiarism and to be vulnerable and tell your life story the way that you see it as a byproduct of society. That's the truth. And I want my fellow comedians, whether they're new or uh, veterans, to understand that I'm not so narcissistic and ego-driven when I see comedians go through. So I'm, I'm a crusher, I'm a killer, I'm going to talk about my day. So, and, and a lot of them get up there on the stage and, you know, they, this arrogance about that. It's like, well, who the fuck cares? Why are you telling me? I was the other day. So I see him, man. Imagine them bullying me like constantly, but. Wait, identity of what? Yeah. Yeah. Attract this the, the theory of opposites attract. I have two biracial kids. My first son's half black, half white. My second son's half white. So your first son is black. Half black, half white. Yeah. But when you, that's just the easy color basics that we would want to label another human being. If we were to talk about his mom's Japanese and uh, African American, I'm Peru and Irish. But she doesn't look like it. She looks full black. Uh, African American. I'm pretty sure in like 10 years, like Kevin Hart, somebody's gonna find this podcast and be like, oh, he said black, PC culture. No, every 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 comedian loves it when people bomb in a way. 
Wait, what are you talking about? What, what were you talking about? What was I talking about? I was talking about. So, the thought process, since you mentioned, like, uh, okay, sorry, sorry. Before I ask that, I want to see if you can talk about the topic. I'm going to be more chill. I can use your textbook, like, that. It's clear for perception and it's not going to be walked over and over. It's going to say, it's about something to mention. Yes, so, my, uh, every comedian I look up to is anybody that gets up out of mic to try and make people laugh. Yeah, but there's, there's got to be some. For right. me, it's like a movie that there is. Okay. And I'm Chris Rock. Right now, I'm stuck on it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all the greats, uh, and from Richard Pryor to George Carlin to Mitch Hepburn, Stephen Wright, David Tell, Zach Galifianakis, uh, Dave Chappelle, did I mention Dave Chappelle? Yes. Chris Rock, um, and you then, so all the comedians that are starting. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, think, I, I don't know. I, I like amateur comedy live. I think I think that is underrated. Wait, what was that? No, I, I just I just want to see I want to see somebody like just you know spill the spaghetti on stage. Okay, well, no, 
I usually ask them to go on a bike ride. Right? Uh, I like the strategy. It's, it sounds wholesome. And you know, it's like, it's like a Mentos commercial. Like, hey, how'd you like a perky bike ride? I have a tandem bike. Like, do you have a tandem bike? <laughs> it's colored orange. <laughs> Is it unicycle? <laughs> you can do it. You can carry your spring break style on a unicycle. <laughs> you can. It's, it's, it'll only work with you. Yeah. <laughs> 
Or these are Ryan looking. Yeah, I don't know, but at the same time, I fucking love the outrage 
it, it's just it's so it, it, it keeps me going in life. It's just it's, it's like it's like it's like it's like uh, it's like caffeine in my veins. You know, that, like outrage. Yeah, it makes me feel alive. So like if, if I if I didn't feel like outrage from stupid news stories like this, like I would I would be even more dead inside. So you're outraged by their outrage. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of need outrage. News, yeah. I'm such a bad. You know, I'm just a sucker for. I'm, I am. I'm a clickbait victim. Like I'm, I'm a clickbait addict. Yeah. Okay. Yes, yesterday about the. What? There's a di- okay. Like in her opinion, like all R and B sounds the same. Like, and I, I couldn't disagree. More. There is a difference between like like Blackstreet and R. R. Kelly, and R. Kelly is poetry. Like I I do not believe that documentary because. It is. No, 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 I, I, I don't know. I questioned that documentary. It's a very biased documentary. Yes. It's 
it's it's so weird now that there's DoorDash though. It's it's like do they still have like regimented pizza delivery men? Wait, what? What are you talking about? Oh, that's nice of you. Yeah. Jeez. Jeez. You live in the future. I remember applying for a pizza delivery job once in my teens, and like, it's funny because like at first, like the guy's like, oh, I don't know, like, because uh, like, uh, and then I mentioned like my friends, like uh, used to work here. It's like, oh, whoa, you like if you're friends with him, like I, I can't wait to hire you. It's, oh it's such a difference as far as like referrals can concerned to get a job. Yeah. No, uh, back home in Hawaii, we actually still back in the 1990s use a thing called an application. Yeah, they still do that. In their yeah. 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 That's so funny for pizza delivery. Yeah, that's tough. 
really Chinese question. <laughs> Like, or, um, 
you did do stand up for a while. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yes.